0: Right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Straight Couch Top Podcast with Rachel and myself, Eric. Uh today we're gonna we're gonna go on a little bit of something that happened um this past week and a little bit of last week. Um uh, kind of what went on with cutting cords with uh Rachel's ex and the things that kind of happened with that. And I'm gonna start it off with my side of it first. Uh on how I was there for it and how to react to it and how I processed it and took it because when things like that happen, there's, there's two ways you can go about it. You can go the supporting way or you can go the judgmental way. Um, When you go the judgmental way, that doesn't exactly work out the way that you think it does in your head. When you start making assumptions and judging and, the route that I chose was to be the supporting because I saw what was going on and and she went through a lot with with her ex in the previous relationship and uh, the way things were handled. And I had to really be supportive and not necessarily cater because when you cater that then you know that 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 stuff kind of gets blurred when you uh, when you when you cater too much to someone. But it was more of just being the the moral support. And emotional support, spiritual support, because there was a lot of stuff that happened, both physically, spiritually, and it it kind of it, it tested us a little, in my opinion. And it really, it really dictated on if if someone were to fall apart, then then, then that's what that's where problems would be. And I could have easily just went down the wrong way and been like, "What the heck? This and this and this," and, and really could have took a different direction with it, but. Being that in my previous uh, marriage before, that didn't exactly work Um, because then nothing gets solved and now you just create a bigger problem uh, when you start, because then you'll start arguing about stuff that's happened that is not even relevant to the problem that's going on at that time. And she was going through a lot. Um, She had a very, I guess I can say it was a very, odd relationship he was in and out and then would be gone and then would pop up and then would leave and she had to. apparently there was a lot of stuff and cords that were around and that she had to release and she had to do a basically turn into a, a healing ceremony and she had can't be on camera and things like that for a while because she has to heal from that so that way she can basically like repair her soul repair herself and kind of just get back on track while she grieves and mourns the loss of what it was now, a friendship. And I allowed her to try to establish a friendship because it, it, the way I see it is anyone who uh, she knew before, I don't have a business or a place to tell her who to be friends with or not to be friends with. Or even if it's an ex, if I have to trust her to know that, you know, she loves me and she won't go back to those people. And they're obviously exes for a reason you know, they're an X for a reason and they need to stay over there on the X line. That's what I call it. There's a line and then there's the X line. They stay over there on the X line. So, but that takes a whole level, another level of trust that you have to do and and uh, kind of put into that relationship. And that's it's one of those things where you kind of just got to close your eyes and take a leap of faith. For those who played, and I, I associated with this uh, uh, game called Assassin's Creed that I played and he does a leap of faith off of buildings into a hay barrel. And it's basically, he kind of closes his eyes Puts his arms and just jump, and he lands in the hay every time. But that's what I had to do: is deep of faith and trust that hey, you know what? She's not gonna go back to the X line. She's not like this. She's she's obviously put him over there for a reason, and that's that's kind of what went down this weekend. She had a couple of breakdowns and things, and because it was hard for her, you know, because she's just a kind hearted soul in person, and she wanted to try to keep a friendship there, and and it just didn't really didn't really pan out the way she thought it was, and then she was kind of sad by it. And all I could really do is just be there, hold, hold her hand through it and just kind of just not even tell her what to do or how to feel. Because, again, you can't tell someone how to think or feel. You can only give them your advice and you can only give your opinion. then it's up to them if they want to listen to it or not. But I'm not going to go barking orders and commands and yelling at her say, hey, you need to do this. You need-. no. it's hey, I think this is what you should do. Um, I think this is what you should say uh there was one point where i almost wrote but then something told me not to like i was like this close i almost almost went uh army platoon sergeant on on the on the, the situation and i had to step back for a second because something inside was like nope focus your attention back over here to her and that's what i did i went back to her and i said hey and then we started talking about other things and then um kind of just didn't really go that route because it. I don't think that would have, I think things would have went differently if I would have went that way. Um, and she didn't resist. She didn't say, no, don't do it. Like she was just like, hey, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. But um, there, there was no pushback. But at the same time, you have to, there has to be a knowing when to intervene and when to step in. And at that moment in time, I was acting off of impulse. And when you're in a combat zone, you act off of impulse a lot and intuition. But at that moment, there was no intuition. It was just impulse. And that's when I was able to realize because something told me, like I said, to just stop and look her direction. Because I took the phone and I was like, here, I'm going to write this. And I'm going to I picked up my phone and I was about to do the do. And then something like I said, I looked over and her face. She was just like not necessarily like don't do it, but it was, it was saying something different. So I kind of just like threw the phone down and I just gave her a hug and kind of just hugged her for a little bit. And then I totally forgot about even what I was doing over there. And then that, that impulse that I wanted kind of just subsided and it faded away a little. And for me, it was kind of hard because it was like, I wanted to, to help and kind of just jump in and be like, no, and, and kind of be the director, but that wasn't my place to direct. And I basically had to just on this one, there was not me in the front. I had to just kind of be behind her and kind of hold her up by her back. So that way she can stand tall because this was hard. And she, you know, metaphorically speaking, could have collapsed at any moment. And I wanted to make sure I was there. So that way she wouldn't, because then that, that would just make stuff harder, not necessarily for me or for her, but just collectively as a relationship in a whole. And when you're trying to work through a problem or a past situation with your ex, um, that transparency has to be there um she told me about this in the beginning so it's not like this was all like new information and new light because if it was then it it would have been a little bit different you know and i can see sometimes people kind of reserve and they don't want to bring up the past and with past relationships and things and marriages and whatever went wrong even when they did stuff wrong themselves but i think it's important that you bring it up in the beginning like from the beginning, like, hey, this is all of my dirt. This is everything I did. And you talk about what you did wrong. And then you talk about what the other person did wrong. So that way you're not just finger pointing at the other person because, you know, you both make mistakes. Things happen. And she acknowledges some of the mistakes that she allowed. And then acknowledging what he did. And I kind of just saw, and I was just like, well, you know, I'm just kind of be there for you and kind of just push you and motivate you and inspire you to kind of just keep going and it was difficult um but I just I had to keep it together for both of us until you know she's obviously better now because we're sitting here and she's smiling <laughs> so a little better now and uh I think it was just a hard process to to go and that was my first time kind of venturing down that cutting cords of a past because I did it myself a long time ago, she showed me what that was. And I went down to this little spot over here on the, I think it was the Columbia River. And I had to, she told me how, how to do it, but not necessarily how to do it. And what I did was, is I kind of walked out to the river to about knee um, knee length of the water. Freezing ass cold water, by the way. Freezing. But I had to, you know, basically just kind of speak out loud that I had to cut these cords and it, I needed to let them go. And it was too. For my past relationship, I had it's not like I was hanging on to them on purpose. They were just there. And that's what a lot of people carry with them. And they don't know that they have those there. So then they bring that stuff into a new relationship and they don't even know that they're doing it. And in order for someone and then there has to be a a respect factor of your partner um, identifying that and you not getting butthurt about it. And acknowledging, like, you know, because if they're seeing it, they're going to tell you. But then on the other side, the partner identifying it has to be respectful about it because you guys have to have that communication because the moment the voices start getting loud, respect is gone. So if you say, oh, I respect my my partner, but then y'all are yelling at each other. Do you really? Because you don't yell at someone that you respect. You talk to that person. So. And I'm not saying that. Oh, then now this will change your whole dynamic of your relationship if you're watching. But if you're doing that, take a second and stop and really think, you know. And if you don't have that, then maybe you got to figure out some things on how to get that back because it, you can get it back. It's just going to be a little bit harder work when you do that. And it has and it takes like the, that classic saying: it takes two to tango, not one, because then you just look like a crazy dance tango by yourself. You know. <laughs> I mean, I did it when I was younger. I danced by myself. I didn't care, but
1: I do it all the time.
0: Yeah. See, so but but for this is different. <laughs> And I'm not trying to say to go do that, but you need to talk with your significant other and be like, hey, we've yelled in the past and I don't think it's a good idea. It's not healthy. And if you have kids, then they see that and then they're going to think that's right. And then time's going to pass and evolve and then you're going to wonder why your kids are being bad and doing this. Well, duh, they're watching you do it. You know, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not even going to say I'm perfect because, yeah, I got loud and I yelled and now the repercussions of that with my daughter are happening now because of the toxic environment of the relationship you know so now i'm i'm catching all of that tenfold and it sucks you know and i can only do my best to try to show that i'm not that person anymore but it takes her on the other side to acknowledge it um but i think i've covered a lot of it and if you're ready to kind of dive in <laughs> um like more words start um uh, mm. just start from the beginning like just kind of just be like hey all right this is what happened and and go and if I need to chime in then I will you
1: know well okay as in a nutshell if you've been watching the previous um, podcast uh, I have talked about a relationship after my marriage that I was in for a while that was uh, Mm -hmm. very hush quiet Um, I was hidden from the world uh, like I think maybe f- five people, maybe six people knew that we were even together out of thousands of people that know us. Um, so it was a uh, very difficult and we had, um, like a connection, uh, from before we came here to this earth. And um, we were fortunate enough to remember each other and uh, things that we did in the pre-existence before coming here to this earth. And I remember uh, being in heaven and him actually leaving to come to earth um, to be born and crying Uh, that I was never going to see him again he just kept saying that he promised uh, just to live my life and he he would find me so I ended up uh, find or he found me right before I got married in like 2011 and Mm -hmm. we became best friends um, for a very long time and during my marriage when it was extremely abusive and I was, uh, very fearful of my life. Um, he, at one point he came and um, uh, moved into my house with my ex-husband and I, uh, to provide another type of protection for me, um, and security in my home. And then over time, after my divorce, uh, he ended up living with my, my family for a little bit. And I was being stalked uh, heavily by my ex-husband. Um, he was threatening my life, to take my life. Uh, he was having other people stalk me. Uh, so I was constantly watching my back. And I, I could I could tell when people were stalking me and I could um, have an eye, a trained eye to know uh, my surroundings and especially when I'm driving, um, I know if I'm being stalked and I set up traps too. And so I would set up these little traps too, to kind of like trap them in a way and catch them and like really know that I was being stalked. So it wasn't like in my head, Uh, wasn't fear-based. It was actually really happening. Um, so we, over time, we ended up falling in love and he was still with another woman. Um, I called her his storage space because he only saw her still, they've been together I don't, I don't know, maybe eight years now and they've maybe spent a total of 6 months together uh in a total span of 8 years so like he's a iron worker so he's constantly gone never never sees his uh woman they broke up and he said that uh we were going to have this future together asked my parents if he could take my hand and So I was just kind of like patiently waiting. And for a moment, he would like come go and come and go. And it was very difficult. I was a Marine. So it was kind of like, um, I felt like a military wife for a while. Like that aspect of not knowing when they're gonna return, not knowing when they're gonna call, not knowing when, when or if you're ever gonna see them again uh and being able to keep living your life and not uh get stuck in this limbo because i was stuck in this limbo for a very long time it sucked didn't know what to do didn't know if because at one point I finally I was just like what's happening he left ghosted me disappeared Um, and I would try contacting him and reaching out, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I waiting? Am I like living my life and doing me and continuing to grow my business and, or am I supposed to move on? And I never got any answer back or anything. And I, so I just, I stupidly waited around and kept waiting and, uh, Finally, over time, um, I just couldn't wait anymore. It was literally just, it was destroying me. I was so depressed. I was suicidal. Um, we had miscarried. I had just lost my grandma. Um, I, My world was like, it fell apart. I lost hope. Um, lost my will to live and I just I didn't understand and I couldn't understand why and how someone could treat me such the way that I was treated and it really hurt and uh, so our our intimacy was a little bit different and um, because healing from pelvic cancer and he has his own issues and things like that so we did a lot of like massage for each other and I didn't realize that with all of the toxic healing I'm gonna call it at the moment I thought it was healing in a way which it was to a point but after a point it became toxic in a sense that he was putting all of these curses and these cordings um throughout my whole entire body so fast forward um i last year i made the decision I wasn't going to wait anymore and I was moving on and after I made that decision that's when I met Eric and uh, I remember telling him um, I kept having dreams of uh, this guy coming back into my life and the one I keep seeing is like I was at my parents house and I was standing in the kitchen and Eric was standing on the other side and um this guy came back and standing there and he was like wanting me to come back and he showed up and he's like I'm here and I'm ready and I looked at him and I was like I can't I'm already over here with this over here and he was like expecting me to just drop everything and come be with him and I was just like no I can't and I kept having this dream and then Probably like, what, three, four months later, I get a message from him and he's wanting herbs for me. Uh, so I, I put together uh, some medicine bundles and um, I told Eric, I said, you know, I, I don't ever want to be with him. He, he, he destroyed that and he destroyed the trust um, but as far as the friendship, you know, I, I want to try to rekindle this, you know, keep this friendship, um, cause we go back a long, a long time. And at that moment I didn't realize what I do now. Um, so I ended up, uh, meeting with him and seeing him after, um, probably like nine months of not seeing him. And uh, I just remember just thinking of Eric and just like that security. I didn't want him to be insecure and feel like I was gonna leave him for someone that was (laughs) really like abused me in different ways. Um, so I went and spoke with him and, and gave him herbs and things like that. And, um, but he knows better as a traditional person. Um, he should have brought some offering for me for, for what I was doing for him. Um, some tobacco, sage, um, cedar, Sweet grass. Huh? grass yeah. Um, something. He knows better. He should have, he should have, especially after all that he had done and still not had a, he had still not apologized for anything at that point. And Aaron, um, he kept saying that, Oh yeah, we'll talk about it. And then every time we got together, it was dismissed and it was almost like just be in the moment, live in the moment, and let's not talk about that. So it never nothing ever got talked about. And it just kept festering and festering. I just like, couldn't handle it anymore. So finally, I, I just let go. And so seeing him, you know, it just, it made me, I, I did miss him, but it didn't, uh, I didn't miss him in the way it was like I wanted to be with him. It was just, I just, I missed his friendship uh, after that you know, we started, you know, just, we would talk here and there and things like that. As time went by, um, this man started, uh, drinking. And I guess around the time when we stopped talking and he ghosted me, uh, he started drinking for the first time in his life and he started going down that road. And um especially as a native vet there's uh there's entities you know when you take someone's life uh we're always taught especially like in war too but when you take someone's life that that spirit of that person you take that life of um they they stay with you until you you release that and you do uh, their ceremonies uh, for that to release that and clean them up, so that these entities or these deities or these embodied spirits, um, they don't follow you around and they'll cause you know severe ptsd, suicide. Um, they'll cause people to go into drinking and alcohol and things you know, uh, drugs you know that they've never done, um, abusive behaviors that they've never done before. And something was triggered for him and he started drinking and he was already having PTSD and those nightmares were going, um, coming. He was, his past was haunting him for more. So he completely changed. And after seeing him fast forward, like, I don't know, five months or so. Uh, he started calling me drunk and I call it the truth serum and (laughs) after I'm already happy and you know just moving on with my life this (laughs) he has the nerve to call me one night and um, for the first time profess his love to me and he was drunk, <laughs> and uh, he just kept rambling on all these different things. And then had the nerve to say that he was never going to leave his woman because of the grandkids. And um, but he wants me to be wanted me to be his second wife, and wanted Eric to be okay with it. And then wanted me to have his son and wanted Eric to raise it and be okay with it. And I just, I was almost like a, like in shock. I didn't even know what to say. I was just listening to him just ramble on his drunken rampage. And a lot of the stuff, it was like, I guess it was like, it was nice to finally hear but at the same time, it was like, you're like a year and a half too late <laughs> on saying all of this stuff to me. But it's nice to know. Thank you. Glad to know you're heartbroken because I didn't think you gave a shit. Um, or cared at all. It's like, <laughs> after everything I had done, I literally have saved his life uh, several times. Carried him on my back. Cause he couldn't, he was gone, saved him. Uh, so I've been, uh, over time, I've been working cause I do a healing modality of, um, body and emotion code therapy. And I've been working on cutting cords and releasing cords. And over time it's been, you know, I've, it's been taking a while. And I've been like frustrated because I didn't understand. I was like, why is, why are there still so many chords? How is he still connected the way he is? How is he still spiritually connected? How is there, because we have a telepathic connection. So how is it that I'm still hearing his, his thoughts and he's hearing me and, um, it's messing with my clarity. It's messing with, um, just it's messing with my heart it's it's pulling and different things and uh so I've been like really trying to cut these cords and all of these things and um so I have this uh torn psoas muscle in my left leg and my left hip and I have been trying to figure out how it got uh, torn. I know I'm very active um, around. I can try to pinpoint different things around the time that could have aggravated, you know, to cause it to uh, uh, tear like from kickboxing and dance. And then um, at that time, my grandma, she was, you know, she was overweight and, you um, I, there was times she fell and I had to pick her up and, and pick her up off the floor. And I hurt myself many times doing that. Um, but I haven't, I've been trying to like pinpoint where this, this came from. And so finally it was last week. I got so frustrated. I'm like, trying to cut all these cords and I'm like why is it so much I don't understand why it's just not going away I'm like I am trying all these different things and it's just not going away but it's slowly going away and it's getting better but it's still like there and so last week I was like I'm I'm just gonna start with my hip um I want to like but the subconscious knows everything. So I was like, okay, well, let's start with my hip. Where, what happened with my hip? And so I, I have my notes here. Um, so I started to work on myself. And all of a sudden, um, I had a recovery interference from my hip muscle. And it was right to my psoas muscle. And there was a saboteur, um, a knife that was put into my left hip um, from my ex. And it was, you know, the intention of the sabotage was, um, wanted me to need him so I didn't move on and to keep me like in control. And then there was curses, you know, associated to it. As, um, you know, like no one will ever want me. No one will ever... Um, be able to heal me or help me heal no one will support me through these things there was curses to my neck then I had all these like broadcast messages and despair anchors so these like these despair anchors is like when trauma is like happens so much and you it's like you start to actually like believe almost like that you're worthless, or you always get rejected, or you can't be yourself. And so like, I had all of these things that I released. And after that, I, I got pissed off. And it was, it was like that betrayal of, like, he already fucked me once. And I'm all I'm like, doing my best to be kind and you know, especially cause you're, you know, he's a veteran and I have a lot of respect for my veterans and understanding, but at the same time, you can only treat me like shit for so long and then I'm, I, I, I'm done. And uh, I had it after seeing that, it was just like, after all of this that I've done for you, and even still try to like kindle a friendship after all this shit you did to me, and then this, it's like, I kind of, I really want to send him my doctor bill for my surgery that I'm going to have to have and say, here, why don't you pay for this? Um, you did this. <laughs> but I won't. Um, so... I start like I'm like started getting angry and mad and then I'm getting mad at myself even more because I'm like who wants to like be with somebody that is still like not really crying over your ex but just just hurt and sad and still traumatized and like turn off (laughs) I was like disgusted with myself and then like pissed off with myself that how dare I allow myself to be that weak and vulnerable and just want to be loved that I was, you know, I didn't set my standards higher and, you know, really hold him accountable and, you know, not be with a man that was really with another woman, even though he was being abused and justifying. Uh very angry with myself very disappointed with myself um so i was like started going through this like grieving stage then i started going through like the mourning of losing a friend again um i always say it's it's somewhat it's harder to mourn a living person that you have to let go than it is someone that actually passes on it can be more difficult um So I went through this morning stage, and then I was angry, and then I was sad again, then I was confused, then I was depressed, then mad at myself again, and then trying everything not to shut Eric out, and uh, really being vulnerable and talking and scary as hell because of past you talk like this and there's always some repercussion or something being held over your head some type of argument or something and but you know he uh, the way he handled it is just it's amazing thank you you're welcome (laughs) Uh, it's not easy so (laughs) I've been going and I'm like uh I can't there's obviously so much cording and things that needs to be cut and released and I'm like I'm going to keep doing this body coding and forever trying to release all of these things and I'm like I got to go back to my natural uh ways of, traditional ways of healing but then on the other aspect because of covid and things like that um it's very hard to get a hold of some of my um, mentors, healers, that I, medicine people that I can go to, and things like that. So it ended up um, that I was really ready to let go, and I was with my best friend at um, work, and then all of a sudden I, I just started deleting the X off of different platforms, and I started feeling like this relief. But at the same time, the moment I did that, I started getting this uh, spiritual warfare attack and I started getting um, slammed to the side of the head and I felt drained and I felt weak and I thought I was going to pass out. And then all of a sudden my cousin rolls up and she, we were talking all of a sudden, she's like, Rachel, what's wrong with your head? And I'm like, I'm like, he's still trying to cord to me. I can't get these cords that I can't get them to go. So finally, um, I took her back into the massage room and she laid me down on the, had me lay down on the massage table and we started to go into a native um, healing ceremony and we were in there for about an hour and a half and throughout this whole ceremony, we released cords, curses... Um, that were connected basically to my whole entire body and that's why I was saying that I didn't realize that the uh, massage that we were doing was uh, he was um, literally courting into my whole entire body um, every time like he just touched me and it makes sense why my body was hurting the way it was my body was in like this nervous uh shock uh my whole nervous system was shutting down i felt like i was being electrocuted um so the past month it's been extremely hard to get up in the morning um i feel like i'm literally being electrocuted like full blast from head to toe uh, I wake up that way with my body just buzzing and it hurts. And so I, 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 there's days I just lay there for hours trying to move my body and get my body to move. And sometimes Eric has to rub my body and my legs just to get, get some type of blood flow going and and moving. Cause I, I can't move. And so finally, after this, we, 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 released all these things and I felt a lot better and um so after we do something like that in the ceremony you you have to um be in a sacred place for about a week and I would uh, say so it could be anywhere from four to eight days and so I had to uh, step away from social media and um Putting my face on camera for for that period of time um, for certain reasons I'll, I'm not going to talk about right now. Um, but if you want like more, I'm gonna have my cousin come on my podcast Rising Warriors Rachel Culey in um, a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about uh, courting and cursings and um, you know the power of our thoughts and and um how we how people manifest those things in those way but also how to um protect yourselves in ways so after you release things like this it's so important that you protect yourself and you have to protect your spirit and um keep yourself safe uh, safe um in the space for a while so that things can't reattach and record to you. Um, the other thing too, is that when you cut cords like this, um, it's always within the three days they, that person tries to reconnect and record to you, um, or, or they'll reach out to you. So it was actually on day three that, uh, even though I blocked him and everything, he still was able to uh, reach out and try to reach out, um, but you can't engage. And so it's like once once you really let that go and you cut those cords, you can't re-engage. Um, because once you re-engage, you allow allow that door to creep back open for them to reattach and record. So um, I really... I've had to do that, and it sucks, but at the same time, um, enough's enough, and then when you start disrespecting, and you just start even more disrespecting me, but when you start uh, spiritually attacking my loved ones, and you start interfering with my life, Um, and for your own selfish reasons. (laughs) Funny thing is, is he would always tell me, he goes, I don't ever want to be on your bad side, Rachel. I don't ever want to be on your bad side. He goes, I hate for anybody to be on your bad side. Well, you got to do a lot to get on my bad side. And, uh. But even then, I don't ever wish ill on anybody. I don't wish ill on him. Um, I wish the best for him. But whatever comes and happens, that's in Creator's hands. And uh, um, you guys, just be careful with your thoughts. Be careful with your thoughts. It doesn't matter how someone can hurt you and hurt you and hurt you. And you can do two things. You can either hold that anger and you can stew on it and bring that negative into your life and lower your vibration. Or you can give that pain to the creator. And you can submit it and let it go, uh, so you don't have to take it anymore, and you don't have to hold it. And um, you can, you know, move on in a healthier way with things instead of thinking ill ill thoughts towards somebody. And when you start thinking ill thoughts towards somebody, you're actually sending that. Energy that thought into the inner the universe and it's coming back and people feel it and especially if you're an empath, empaths we feel it we feel those uh, thoughts and um negative or good uh, we feel that from people and curses and courtings they are real I don't care <laughs> I don't care what you we could art. You can try to argue with me on this, but I witnessed this and have gone through this for far too long, and know so know much. I'm not gonna claim I know like everything. I'm still learning. I'm always a student. Um, but it's real. And when you share intimacy with somebody, that's another type of cording connection that you connect with somebody and it can either be healthy or it can be unhealthy. And it's the unhealthy cords that you um, want to cut and remove from your life. And when, especially in relationships, because once, you, once you're once you intimate with somebody and you don't release and you don't do the, the, the healing from those cordings and things, then it's almost like a family tree where it's like everybody that you've been with and then everybody that person's been with and then so forth and so forth it's like you're carrying this tree of dna stored in you of energy of these people imprints that you've been with and then you go to the next person and then you start sharing that so then it's like you're, you're sharing, um, past without even really, really realizing it. So then by talking about it in the beginning and upfront is healthier too, because you're able to actually, uh, cause no matter what you're the, the bodies of conscious has, will be, have that imprint at some point in time. And you're going to know, and not even really realize that, you know, um, it's going to be a subconscious thing that you're going to be like have this connection um, with the person that you're with. So it's important that, you know, you keep that, that, that place sacred, um, in the intimacy when you're with people and, um, you know, respecting yourselves and respecting your bodies and respecting each other. Um, and you know, being it's even just with like massage therapists in general um even with them I'm very picky with who gets to touch my body uh I've had massage therapists where they're having a bad day and because they're having a bad day and they're massaging my body guess what Rachel's feeling all your shit that you're putting into my body And so I've literally gotten up off of tables before and said, I can't have you touch my body because you're having a bad day. And it's not, it's not that I'm, I'm, you know, like, Oh, I can't work with you because you have a bad day and you're no, it's just out of respect, especially as a cancer survivor. And I'm healing from cancer. I can't take on your emotions and I can't take on and absorb what you're feeling and what you're doing and what you're feeling right now. You're literally, uh, putting your energy into my body and my body is absorbing it so i can't be on your table anymore so i got to go so it's you know it's just the same thing just within general you got to be you have to be picky i have a, i have the nickname picky for a reason um <laughs> uh, i was given that nickname picky i'm picky but i know what i want um so i get you know it cutting cords, you know, it's not it's not easy not always easy. Um but is it necessary? Yes. And it's, you know, it's necessary to be able to have um, you know, to be able to move forward and to move on and you know, it's not it's it's like everybody I've always been with, they're always going to have that part of, you know, that love for me, that they're always going to have a place in my heart, but it doesn't mean that they get to have it all. They didn't deserve it. And so, you know, you, you can walk away from situations with love in your heart, but, you know, walk away from the, with the um, lessons learned and apply that to, you know, next relationships or, you know, take relationships from your past and apply them into your current relationships. Um, you know, things that didn't work and what did work and, um, you know, strive for the things that did, you know, work and then strive even harder to correct things that didn't work. Um, like for instance, the, the yelling um Eric and I both yelled in previous our previous marriages so we've um made it even more of a goal um to not yell and to really talk and to be self-aware that when um, 'cause sometimes we are yell but our the voice will start to get a little bit louder, the tone will start to get a little bit louder, but having that self awareness to be able to um tone yourself down so that you're not battling over trying to be like this tone and being trying to be heard, but main being able to be self aware of uh your own tone while you're communicating um that way you're in charge of yourself and then you're not like well you're not doing it so I'm not just like this battle back and forth that's childish oh uh, don't do that
0: <laughs> it's
1: unhealthy i've i've been there before he's been there before it's not fun i don't like it i'm done with it so <laughs> i like this <laughs> it's so much better being able to talk and um that's why I say fall in love with your best friend. Um, you can really be with your best friend. You know, when you're, if you think about it, your best friend, you're able to talk to, you're able to be about anything. You're able to be, um, completely open, vulnerable, uh, your true authentic silly self without holding anything back. And, um, there's, you know, no, the, the expectations, um, you're just, you're free. And there's another sense of like, once you're able to hear each other's stories and understand your, each other's traumas and your pain and things like that, you're able to learn how to love them on a different level and, um, love them on their love language. And, uh, even like with stuff that he's brought up from, you know, his past and his traumas and things like that. Um, just like with the simple thing, like I text messaging, I always just say K, just the letter K. And uh, that would that became, that was a trigger from him, from his ex-wife, um, always saying K, K, okay, you know, and, but me, I'm like, okay, you know, just like, okay, okay, all right you know, it's different, but um, I guess the other day, you know, he was just having a a rough day, a challenging day, and just a lot of things not going right at work, and uh, I was just being, I wasn't purposely being short, but I was just, all right, okay, and, but later on, he, he was like, can you do me a favor, and I was like, what, and I was like, can you, can you stop, saying k please and actually write okay and uh do this for me and he goes it just it just really got to me today and he goes and I had to go through this mental battle of talking to myself and reminding myself that it's not the same situation and that you're different and it was this whole thing and I just like looked at him and I said okay all right I I'll, I'll, I will do that for you. If it, I didn't mean like it, for you to go down through this whole mental battle, mm-hmm. like I don't want you to go through a mental battle when I can just fix, you know, quickly change the way I respond in text message. I I will work on that, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been working on that. I said, but just give me a little bit of grievance just in case I actually do message just K hey, because that's my habit. And so just give me a little bit leeway that, you know, I'm, I have to break a habit that I've had for many years of texting K. So, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be able to uh, be teachable on both sides and actually, you know, receptive um, on criticism but also being able to deliver that criticism with love and respect and in a way that isn't um like a debbie downer like i'm trying to put you down type thing so i think yeah, that's why i'm gonna leave it today uh we gotta get close in here so Whew, that was a lot you guys yeah. Good <laughs> job. oh man
0: it was a heavy one.
1: Uh, this is, uh,
0: I got a lot of deep stuff. That was the absence for the past week. That's what it was.
1: So I've been dealing, uh, going through that. And uh, um, sorry, but not sorry, because this is my traditional way um of ceremonies and, um, you know, having to step away from social media and things like that. So um in my in in our way I don't I'm not sorry. It's the way life is. Things happen. And um that's how it is. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. And uh we'll be back on shortly.
0: Stay
1: tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the next one. Don't know what it's gonna be yet, but we'll see. There's always something good coming but um
0: oh and if you want us to see your comments go onto our page the straight couch talk because if you write on our profiles we won't see them until after so if you want like to write something that we actually see while you're talking go to there you can go to the profile that's fine too i'm not telling you not to i'm not giving you any like things like that i'm just saying if you want to see you want us to see what you're writing like in the real moment time you can go on to the actual page of our podcast if not Okay, cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See you on the flip side. Have a good day.